The technology likely to have the greatest impact on the next few decades has arrived. You can start building completely new concepts for payments that we've never thought of. Move the need for a financial intermediary to transact value. Bitcoin and the blockchain have an amazing future. This is going to transform society. Hey there, how's it going guys? And today I've got your boy Shil Nye with me again. It's been about a month since we last talked, man, and you've been traveling everywhere. So why don't you just firstly, before we begin, list all the places that you've been to. Shit, man, list them all. I've been to Korea. I've been to Japan. I've been to Hong Kong. I've been to mainland China and Shanghai. I've been to Bali. I've been to uh, a few other places, too, that are just kind of escaping my memory right now. But yeah, that's that's kind of the, the main gist of where, what I've been up to. And that was all for crypto, yeah? All for crypto, man. All for crypto. A lot of it involves going to conferences and uh, attending events. A lot of it also involves meeting these companies face-to-face. So when I was in Shanghai, I sat down with VeChain and a couple other popular companies from Shanghai and, uh, and got to rock out with them, which was a lot of fun. I'm incredibly jealous, man. Um, I'm sure a lot of the listeners are too. The, um, the fact that you've been able to go around to all these cities and kind of compare the different approaches and the different ways people are engaging with crypto and blockchain tech. So um, yeah, it's fascinating. So I have a few questions planned out. And probably the one that I'm most interested in is what was the most crypto friendly city and jurisdiction that you visited? So far, the most friendly one is Korea, uh, South Korea, Seoul has been the most friendliest every single time I've gone there and continues to be. Why? What have they been doing? Just the government's really, really positive on crypto. Um, I think, well, it's interesting because I think the people, the people are very positive about crypto. I think the government is getting more clear about it. You know, Uh, if you're watching the news, a big Korean exchange exit scammed with, I think, like 300 million a couple days ago. Um, so I'm sure that'll bring some more regulation down on, on uh, some, of the, some of the events going on in Korea. But for the most part, people are, are very, just they're just bullish on crypto. I think one in three businessmen own cryptocurrency in, in uh, Seoul, South Korea. I think that's the statistic. And yeah, it's, it's, it's just cool to be a part of that. What's the ecosystem like over there for the accepting of cryptocurrencies as a form of payment, like just down your typical high street? Um, I don't think it's super big, you know. I, I don't think it's really big anywhere just yet. Mm-hmm. They're more really into trading and things like that, which is which is pretty much the main use case for crypto right now. But yeah, the people are much more into trading and stuff. Okay. So what would you say are the main noticeable differences between some of these Asian countries and jurisdictions that have been adopting cryptocurrencies in comparison to where you're originally from, the US. What's the main difference? Uh, I think they're more established and they're further ahead than everyone else. Um, yep. Yep. As of right now, the US is, is still behind. They're still figuring out regulation. They're still figuring out how to like charge taxes and charge fees and penalties to people that, that sell unregistered securities, kind of like we saw with Ether Delta. Uh, they're still figuring it all out which is good it doesn't and i think they're i think the us is 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 positive on it you know i think the us is much more positive than i thought they would be on it but at the same time like they're still figuring it out there's it's still like very uncertain of exactly how it's all going to play out and um, and things like that so in in asia it's it's much more developed uh, at least in some asian countries it's much more developed uh, people are, are 
much more bullish on it. There's much more progress. For example, in Thailand, they are working with banks uh, on accepting cryptocurrency. So the government's super open about it. They see the potential in it and they want to see, utilize the potential as best they can. Same within China. Uh, they're not a big fan of cryptocurrency itself, but they are a big fan of blockchain technology. And I believe they're probably going to be implementing some stuff pretty damn soon. Yeah, man, definitely agree. Well, we've seen Japan regulate the space since back in 2014, 2015, dating back to the Mount Gox days. And then we saw China put the ban in September 2017, that was, yeah, September 2017. And now, like you said, rightfully so, the SEC and um, other regulatory institutions in the US and the Western world are kind of approaching it with open arms. We just saw the SEC the other day collaborate with the owner of EtherDelta, one of the decentralized Ethereum token exchanges. And instead of just closing him down and really scrutinizing him, they kind of worked in in a partnership. The guy, I've forgotten his name now, but the founder admitted that what he was doing was wrong because he was trading these tokens and not declaring them as securities, even though the SEC recognizes them as securities. And they kind of came to a collaborative agreement and worked together, which is fantastic for the space. We could have seen the SEC react a lot more viciously and I guess aggressively, but no, thankfully it was quite positive. So yeah, I definitely agree with you. And one of the most fascinating things that I found about in your trip was PundiX, the whole project and how you met up with them and particularly the phone. Why don't you talk about a bit more about that, about what PundiX are trying to doing and what their phone is totally. like? I mean, the phone is... Very, very interesting. I've been friends with the Pundix team for a few months now, ever, ever since my first trip to Asia when I met them face to face. And they invited me out to their blockchain conference to speak, and then they announced the blockchain phone. And it's just, it was just, it's epic, man. Uh, it's, it has potential um, and has some, some major capacity to change things. You know, So the blockchain phone itself has two different features to it, um, mainly that you can use it as, as, as your kind of normal day phone with a normal SIM card in it, or you can skip over to the other side that is all based on the blockchain. So all tech, text messaging, all sending of, of photos, all, all, all phone calls, they're all made via the blockchain. Uh, and people are like, why, why is this important? Why is this relevant? Well, um, mostly fees in my opinion um you know it's pretty much cutting out the entire system of having to use t-mobile or at&t or verizon or or whatever uh mobile carrier you use in, in where you're from and allows you to do things via the blockchain um now will people want everything stored on the blockchain probably not but that's why they give you the option of using your normal day carrier um yeah, I mean, it's pretty interesting. It was really interesting stuff. It was cool to be a part of. And is that phone available now or is it still to roll out? No, I think it'll roll out Q1 of 19, 2019. Okay, well, that's still quite soon. That's good. Is that the only product they um, they offer? No, Pundi X has their point of service devices, their XPOS device, which pretty much allows you to spend cryptocurrency at whatever retailer accepts or utilizes the, the device. I think it's like, it's cool because I think it's all part of a bigger ecosystem that they're planning on building and stuff. And it's really exciting to be a part of. Okay, that's interesting because just recently there's um, there's already established payment provider called Square in the US. And what they essentially try to do is something similar where they try and simplify and offer retailers and merchants the best system possible for their payment services. And at the minute they don't accept crypto, but 
recently, I think it was a month or two ago, they were awarded a patent allowing them to basically convert fiat into crypto and crypto into fiat seamlessly. So it will be interesting to see if there'll be some competition on that front, because that's a definite point in the market or a space in the market that could be infiltrated by quite a few people. Definitely, 100%. Okay, so what would you say were your key learnings from the trip, if you had to list them? Good question. Um, It's a big question, so sorry to just ask you this on the spot. No, you're good. I always learn stuff every single time I go to Asia. Um, I'm actually going back in, I think, like about 10 days now um, for... Some more, uh, some more adventures in Asia. I'm actually moving to Asia specifically to be closer to the Asian markets. And what do I learn there? I mean, I learn more, like there's multiple things I learned. One, I learned obviously a lot more about blockchain technology. I learned a lot more about how different governments are thinking about it, how different cultures are thinking about it, and how people are thinking about using it, which is always, always interesting. Besides that, like, I just get to learn through experience, man. I think that that's, that's the biggest thing, biggest takeaway for me is I'm always learning something new, whether it's about a culture, whether it's about the technology of blockchain, whether it's about how to communicate with other people who are speaking a different language or, or completely from a different uh, environment than I'm from. For sure, man. I um, I keep up to date with your tweets and I see that you're always posting videos. And for sure, that's one thing that I've definitely noticed kind of the cultural differences. And that's something that you pick up and you shed light to. That's what I enjoy out of you. It's more edutainment. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I think life's much more about a multitude of different things, you know? So I talk a little bit about trading. I talk a little bit about multiple things. And it's not all just focused on on trading like some people are, which is fine. You know, there's a market for that. That's what some people want to hear. But I, I'm out there experiencing different things and, and, and I'm not 100% focused on trading. So why would I only share things that are 100% focused on trading? Yep. So I think it was in the Dubai conference. You had your first keynote. Is that right? Was it in Dubai? My first keynote was a few weeks ago in Dubai. Yeah. Well, congratulations, man. How did it go? And what did you talk about? I spoke about transparency and morality in the crypto industry, and it went really, really well. I'm excited to get the video and share it with everybody. Okay, perfect. I was going to ask you just to provide a quick summary of it, but if you're yet to release a video, I'm presuming you can't do that. Um, well, I'm, yeah, I'm just kind of waiting on them to give me the video. Okay, perfect. So are you good to just finish off with the Q&A session? Yeah. Okay, perfect. So what is the conference you most recommend to people? Um, I mean, it just depends on the person, you know, um, if you're from a small town and you only have a local meetup, just do that. If you want to like really get out of your comfort zone, go to something big, like consensus in New York every year or, or, or something like that. Yeah. That's, that's my opinion. It's, it just depends on, on the person, on their situation financially and, and emotionally and, and, and their, how, how out of the box they want to get with their comfort zone, things like that. Okay. What was the favorite conference that you attended or the one that you had the best time at? Beyond Blocks in uh, Seoul, South Korea has been my favorite one so far. Um, had a great time there. Consensus New York is always a good one. Uh, I'm excited to go back to that next year. There's always a lot of things happening. So, Okay. So who was the most interesting person that you met? Oh, man. Good question. Um, 
I met Gary Vaynerchuk again for like the third or fourth time. Oh Christ, I'm a big fan of Gary, man. What's he like? I guess I guess exactly the same as in the videos, no? Yeah, he's always an interesting, interesting guy to meet uh, and just chat with a little bit, you know. He's, his energy is just contagious, you know. When you get around someone like that, he's just like motivated, focused, driven, and knows exactly what he wants. So that's yeah, probably the most interesting person I've been around recently. Okay, guys, just to confirm, that was Gary Vaynerchuk. He has a YouTube channel. He posts podcasts. He does about everything you could think of when it comes to social media. So check him out. He's an awesome guy, and hopefully he can help you out. What was your best moment of the trip? Best moment of the trip? I don't really know, to be honest with you, man. Um, every moment's interesting. I think the whole journey is part of, part of the, the fun of it. Um, I don't really have a specific moment where I'd be like, that's my favorite. Okay. But I do like, I just, I think the whole journey is part of it, you know, like it's not easy to constantly be traveling. It is a lot of fun. I really do enjoy it, but there's some days or, or some countries I'm in where I'm just like, fuck this. I don't want to be here right now. Um, or I need, I need a break. I need to sit down and like sit on the beach, but you keep pushing, you keep moving through it and you, you get better at what you do. And the better you get, the more you can handle, and the more you can handle, the the more you can accomplish. So, um, yeah, just depends. And obviously, you interacted with a lot of different projects and teams. Do you have one that impressed you the most? No, man, I really don't. To be honest with you, there's a multitude of different people that I work with um, that I'm I'm always very impressed with. Uh, I'm an advisor for a company called Agora, Agora.Vote. I'm always impressed by what they're doing. They're working really hard to build a, a voting platform via the blockchain for public and private voting. And there's, I mean, honestly, there's just, there's a multitude of different teams. I'm just waiting for one of them to really execute and take the lead on something where it is applied in the real world, you know? Um, Everybody talks a big game, and it's really impressive to hear people talk big games. But you got to realize that, like, especially at these conferences, most people talk not a lot, execute, and then move forward on it. Yeah, man, for sure, it's it's definitely one of the greatest problems that we've got to that we've got to combat in this ecosystem. So you're also um, a bit of a an advisor when it comes to marketing, no? So what are the three best digital marketing tips for people within crypto? I mean. People just need to learn how to communicate with each other uh, and how to communicate with their audience. Most companies are absolutely failing at that. Um, and even most individuals are failing at that on, on Twitter and in other realms, you know? The only reason like social media is social is so that you can communicate with other people and so that communication can hopefully spur more conversations, can spur innovation, can spur more creativity and and hopefully build something right um but the fact of the matter is most people aren't using social media for those reasons um and and yeah they're just they're just failing at communication and i think like I'm, i don't really know three off the top of my head i'm just going to give you this one um but yeah like you need to learn how to communicate with your audience you need to learn how to have conversations with the people who are around you you need to learn how to interact with people online you need to uh, understand what people want to hear and how you can deliver content that's within that realm but still fits like your personal image your personal brand and what you like to share i definitely agree man that's a really good one 
it's a term that people have coined before. And unfortunately, it's the sad truth that social media isn't very social anymore. It's more anti-social media. People lose the ability to communicate and to, um, to, I'd say, to engage in dialogue, to engage in conversation. So yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. Yep, exactly. Okay, bro. Well, it's been amazing to talk again. What are your plans going forward now? What are you doing in the next few months? Obviously, you said that you're going to go out to Asia again, but um, yeah, what, what's going to happen? Yeah, so actually, really cool. I'm, I'm visiting the Tron offices. Uh, everybody knows TRX. Uh, I'll be visiting them this weekend or this this is the end of the week this week, so that'll be really cool. Then go spend Thanksgiving with the family uh, and then head back to Asia, man. So I'll be in uh, Bangkok for Beyond Blocks. I'll be in Singapore for Block Show. And finally, I will be uh, moving out to Bali, which will be really cool. Oh, man, I'm incredibly jealous. Um, Well, thanks, man. Thank you so much for coming on the show. If people want to find you, where can they follow you at? Hit me up on Twitter, CryptoShillNye. Hit me up on my website, IamNye.com. Yeah, anywhere. Perfect, man. Well, thank you so much. As always, man, it's a pleasure. 